Are we supposed to get married? I'm gonna just swipe left. I just want somebody to share my life with. It is a very courageous thing for you to just open yourself up to it. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've watched me on NBC's Access Daily, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Demona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another helpful episode of Dates and Mates. You know, we have covered a lot of topics on the show over the last few months, from building your own relationship with columnist and author Dan Savage of Savage Love to the challenges faced in interracial dating with Rachel Lindsay of The Bachelorette. At this point, I can confidently say that there is one thing that I have in common with each and every one of you, and that is a thirst for knowledge and a passion for understanding relationships and how we all work. And boy, does that manifest in the number of emails and DMs and voice memos that I get from you all. But you're not going to find me complaining because I love bringing you the most up-to-date and helpful information on all things dating and relationships. But you know what my favorite thing is? My favorite thing is to answer your questions directly. And that is why I've decided to do an all Dear Demona episode today. And I just have to say, before we get into the nitty gritty, it takes a lot of courage to send in a question to a show like this. And I just was so touched by the number of messages we got, by the content of the messages, and by just the fact that you trust me. You trust me with your dating relationship advice. So whether you send in a question for this episode or not, and whether your question was chosen for this episode, I mean, we only have so much time. We are going to try to get all the questions in over the coming episodes, but I just want you all to know that I truly, truly appreciate you listening to the show, sharing it with your friends, giving us reviews on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and just for being here to to better yourself, to support one another, and to be a part of the States and Mates community. And we are focusing today on all voice memos because I really get so much out of hearing your voice and hearing the way that you describe your challenge. It really speaks to me, and I hope this episode speaks to all of you. So on with the show, I am going to be answering a lot of juicy, juicy questions today, including how do I know when to stop looking for my match? Should I ever meet my match for the first time in a group setting? And I want to explore my sexuality. So how do I attract the right kind of attention on dating apps? And much, much, much more. We have a lot to cover. So grab your journal, get ready to take notes, because we got a lot to talk about today. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. All right, so we have all voice memos today. I love hearing your voices. It gives me so much more context in the questions. And I I talked on the show before about how hearing someone's voice, it really helps you bring that person to life. So we're going to bring some of our listeners to life today and hopefully give people some guidance and love. Our first question comes to us from Alexis. Hi, Demona. My name is Alexis, and I have a lot of questions, uh, but I'll make sure to keep it short. So really, 
I have a big problem with moving past the scarcity mindset. Uh, so that would be my question is, how do I remain positive that there are people out there, um, especially considering that I haven't had much experience um, in dating? In addition to that, the past three years have been pretty rough with the pandemic. And just also, I'm still figuring out, you know, my career. And really what it boils down to is I don't feel successful enough really to be dating. Um, I want to focus more on my career. But at the same time, I also want to make up for lost time that I've spent not dating prior to the pandemic even. How can I become or how can I feel successful enough to be in a place where I feel comfortable dating? So anyhow, those are my questions. Thank you for your time. Bye. Alexis, first of all, thank you for being so transparent and saying the thing that a lot of listeners are thinking and feeling, but aren't able to really express or talk about to the people close to them. So yeah, the pandemic, that was so hard. And I feel like we haven't given ourselves enough of a collective just group hug around that because it was it changed everything. It changed the way that we connect and relate to one another. It changed our workplaces. And not just in terms of uh, the number of people that are employed, but in terms of the way that we connect with people in our workspace and the way that we relate to people out in the world. So it did change everything. And it makes sense that you would be feeling a little bit of pressure to, as you say, make up for lost time. But I got to tell you something. Time is just a construct, Alexis. You have not lost time. I don't, uh, put that out of your mind. I don't even want you thinking about the pandemic was lost time. The pandemic was different time. It was self-discovery time. It was solo time. It was a different phase and nothing is lost here. I don't want you to think of anything being lost in your in your dating life. And you know, I did have clients that that dated and matched throughout the pandemic and that was their story, but I don't want you to compare what you've been through to their story. So you're starting now. Start from where you're at right now. Right now, you're dating, which is awesome. But right now, you're also dealing with a scarcity mindset. And you're dealing with a lack of confidence in yourself, in what you have to offer in a relationship. And one thing I'm seeing is that you're coupling your career and financial success with success in dating. And I'm not sure why you're doing that. Because are would people date you because they want you to be the vice president of their dating organization? <laughs> or are they dating you because they want a sugar mama who's going to pay for everything? What are you what are you actually looking for? I, I guess if you would ask yourself that question, you might realize that there's a correlation you're making that doesn't really exist. That what you offer to someone in a relationship actually has very little to do with your career and your financial success, and all of these things that you are you are grappling with personally. So the question is, can we find confidence for you in yourself apart from that? Can we find confidence for you in dating apart from these other elements of your life? And look at the abundance that you have to offer a partner 
that maybe is not tied to your career. When this comes up in the Dating Accelerator program, the first thing that I have my clients do is begin a gratitude journal because you have so much, Alexis. I know we don't really know each other yet, but I can feel that you have so much. And the first thing that we need to do to shift out of a scarcity mindset is to take stock and have gratitude for what we do have. And it may be as simple as just a one line in your journal every evening. I'm grateful for, I got up today. I am grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for this experience and what it taught me. And start with that. And I promise you, if you do that for even just a week of daily practice, you're going to start to notice your mindset shifting. You're going to start to see abundance in your life. And through the abundance, you will attract more abundance. That is the starting point. Of course, you'll hear on the show, probably later today, you'll hear more nitty-gritty tips on how to change your dating life. And, and I think also how to give yourself realistic expectations in dating because you are have gone from not much experience in dating to the pandemic to like, I now expect to be successful out here in dating. Let's, let's just pare that down and say, okay, what would be a success from where you are right now? Would it be just to match with three people that you're interested in on a dating app? Would it be to show up to a party and talk to one person that you didn't already know? Give yourself little micro challenges so that you can also build up that feeling of success and confidence in yourself. And you can feel those wins and one win will lead to the next win, will lead to the place where you feel successful in dating. But don't try to get to the end goal without taking all of the baby steps along the way. And if you want to dive a little bit deeper on building self-love and confidence, a great Dates and Mates episode for that was my interview with Michelle Ellman. She talks all about that. She talks all over the world. She writes books on it. Uh, that episode was called Selfish, Romantic, and Audio Attraction. Thank you so much, Alexis, for your question. Baby steps, girl. Move one foot in front of the other, and we will get there together. Our next question is a voice memo from C. Hey, Demona. Um, I have a question about texting in the early stages of dating. So for reference, I am somebody who I could easily be classed as like a bad texter in the sense that like generally I'll get back to somebody within like 24 hours. But like I, you know, oftentimes don't get back for a while simply because I'm out with people and I prioritize the people I'm with. So that just as like a starting point. What do you do when the early stages of dating and he seems keen in every other way except for the fact that he's a rubbish texter now the slight other bit of context is that he is a doctor who works shift work so that has made me inclined to like uh give him a little bit of a pass but like rubbish texting is like you know so we could be having conversation he's texting back and everything like that and then all of a sudden it takes him like two three days to reply which seems a bit like crappy so my question is like what do you do there do you just kind of like continue to go on the dates but just have like low expectations uh, with regard to that so like I guess also keep exploring other options which to be fair I think I would be doing anyway but um 
or do you like playfully call him out in it because the problem with that is like it's still pretty early days and yeah I don't know what's your advice see I feel like Apple and Android they have really done us dirty out here in our communication I've talked on the show before about the communication crisis that I think we're in but I think one core element of this communication crisis is actually texting. This is why I I launched a whole training on the texting trap because, see, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. And we all have different expectations around texting because there's no, there's no real cultural rule book. In written communication, there are cultural norms, right? In face-to-face communication, like, you know, if you go into a business meeting, there's a certain kind of etiquette. We never really developed proper text etiquette, and everyone has their own way of communicating and their own cadence of communicating. So, like, my husband, not great at texting, still not great at texting, but ultimately, really a great listener, a great communicator in person. And if I had been like, nah, this ain't going to work. I'm going to walk away. Just because he wasn't great at texting or communicating in between dates, where would I be right now? Right? So I would first just acknowledge that your expectations around cadence and texting, even your own of like, oh, I take 24 hours and there's something wrong with that. Let's just put that in perspective first and realize that that may be just the cadence that works for your life. And there are other people that are listening right now that are like 24 hours. Oh, my goodness. And there are probably friends of yours that are like 24 hours. That doesn't work for me. I need to hear from you. And know that that's their expectation and their story. And this guy's expectation and his story may be totally different. So. The issue at hand is that it seems to bother you and that you are extrapolating meaning from the amount of time he takes to text. And that's where the juicy part is. That's where I get curious about how do you communicate to him what your preference is, what your expectation is, what your hope is, without it making without making it seem like a demand. How do you make it an invitation like anything else in dating? Like, oh, I love getting texts from you. And I feel like when I don't hear from you for a few days, it makes me wonder what you're up to. I would love to hear from you more often. And you say that and you let it sit. Let it sit and see what he does with that information. Because that's where the real discovery is. If you give him that information and he's, he doesn't respond to it like, you know, oh, you know what? I have a very busy work schedule. Sometimes I miss text. Like for me, I'm terrible with text. I get so many texts during the day and I have no way to sort them like I do in my email. I mean, that's also a mess. But organization is my Achilles heel. But I have support and system set up for my email that I don't have the tools for in my texts. So there may be somebody who's texting me that I really do want to respond to and it just gets buried or it comes in at a time when I'm working, I'm recording, I'm with my kids, I can't respond and then I just forget. 
And that may be what's going on here. He may be not wanting to bombard you. He may be waiting for the invitation to be more communicative with you. Or he may be looking for an out. We just won't know until we ask. But the way that you invite him into more frequent communication is going to be the difference between it being something that makes him lean in and something that makes him want to walk away. But definitely keep dating other people in the early phases always until you have a clear commitment. And I don't like the idea of low expectations on anything, but just clear communication and clear feedback along the way, I think will take you further than just like, well, I'll expect nothing and then anything will be a surprise in return. Oh, and by the way, if you want more texting tips, I did a recent interview with Blaine Anderson called Empathetic Listening and Single Male Loneliness. Excellent episode on how to text more effectively, how to escape the texting trap, if you haven't heard that one yet. Ooh, the next question is a perfect continuation of where we just left off. This one is a voicemail from a listener we'll call B. Hey, Demona. I've got some questions for you. I just got back onto Tinder after a breakup a couple months ago, and it's going pretty well. I had this odd experience recently in which I had three solid first dates with three different guys this past weekend, which is special in and of itself. I get that. And yet, I'm still curious about some of these other guys I've matched with and had some amount of communication with on the app, especially because I've just gotten back on. So this all begs some questions for me, and that's where you come in. First of all, how do you gauge when to stop looking? I live in a huge city with tons of options always, which can be obviously a blessing and a curse. So how do you know when to stop looking? And then beyond that, do you just go on second dates with all of these people, uh, assuming that they're actually into you? And then do you disclose this to them? Is that type of transparency respectful or is it unnecessary? I'm personally a fan of acknowledging these dating elephants in the room, but I'd love some outside expert opinions on the matter. And who better to turn to than you? Ooh, B, I love this question. You must be a regular Dates and Mates listener because you know how to write a winning magnetic dating profile. You know how to make those matches and get into those conversations and get to the first dates and uh, get, hopefully, to these second dates because I sure do want to see you out here going on second dates. If all of these three guys are someone that you felt curious about at the end of the first date, you better be going on second dates with all of them. And as I've said on the show many times before, you are not exclusive until proven otherwise. So you owe yourself this period of exploration, especially you said after you went through a breakup. It is totally normal and totally okay for you to be dating multiple people. Now, if it gets to the point where any of these people are like, hold on a second, what are we? What are we doing here? That's when you have to be willing to have the talk. And that could happen at any point. Like that could be on a second date for one guy. That could be never <laughs> for another. And the other thing that you you must do is if you get to the point, you know my three-date rule, 
that we want to let curiosity drive those first three dates. All you need to know at the end of the first date is that you're curious enough for a second date. All you need to know at the end of the second date is that you're curious enough for the third. And then on after the third date, that's when we kind of take stock of where we are and whether we want to continue to invest in this. And I'd be willing to bet that on your own, you're going to figure out if you go on second dates with all these guys and then third dates with all these guys, there's going to be one, maybe two, maybe even three that you're like, ooh, not so curious anymore. Or, ooh, I got the ick. Or, you know, I'm just wanting to still be out here seeing what my options are and this person's ready to commit and it's a mismatch at this point. And all of those things are okay. So I just want you to give yourself permission to explore. You can tell the other people, you know, I'm just, I got out of a breakup. I'm just dating around. And that is your, that is your green light to not have to make a commitment right out of the gate. But if you get to the point where you're like, this is starting to feel kind of icky. I feel like I'm hiding things. I have secrets that I'm holding in because I'm dating multiple people and I'm not expressing that to them. And this is not right now, B. This is maybe a month, two months, even three months down the road. At that point, then you have to reassess where you are and what you're doing. But for now, just get out here, have fun, explore, and see what you can experience when you get curious about other people's stories and you let that curiosity lead the way. See, and this is why I love Dates and Mates listeners, because you get this idea of empathetic dating. And B cares about these people that he's dating and that they have an investment and feelings in the situation too. That's all I'm asking y'all to do with empathetic dating. It's not about like, I have to put that other person before myself, but it's about, I have to just consider that my feelings are one part of the equation, but the other person's feelings are also a part of this interaction as well. Empathetic dating, y'all, that is one of our, our answers to the communication crisis. All right, when we come back, I have more questions from Dates and Mates listeners, including, is his birthday party the right place for our first date? How do I open myself up to dating outside my race? And I'd like to find someone to explore with sexually. How do I say this in my dating profile without alerting the creeps? My friends, it's heating up. Stay with me. Welcome back, lovers. I got to tell you, I am having a blast answering your questions, and I have a few more in store. But for anyone who does not yet have my profile starter kit, it is the best way to get in that position that B is in, where you have multiple dating options and you get to be doing the choosing instead of getting chose. Okay. So this is available for free just for a limited time only. I know many of you have it, but some of you don't. And if you don't, don't wait because this is going to become a paid program soon, but you can get it for free by going to datesandmates.com and just scroll down to the profile starter kit, put in your email, you'll get an instant download so that I can help you refresh your dating profile and get you on the way to those three, four, five, 25, however many dates you want. It's all up to you. And it all begins with that dating profile. 
All right, we're going to keep it rolling with this Instagram voice memo that came to us from another listener that we'll call B. Hi, Demona. I really love your podcast. Um, I have a question. So there's this guy um, that I met through Facebook. Uh, we follow each other on a couple different social medias now. Uh, and we flirt and, and we text back and forth sometimes, but he's never asked me on a date. So to me, I was kind of thinking I was friend zoned. Well, he just invited me to his 40th birthday party. And now I'm a little bit nervous about going because it would be our first time meeting each other with all of his family and friends there. Do you have any advice? Uh, am I thinking too much into it? So anything you have to say would be helpful. You are right to be nervous because this is a high stakes situation that you're entering into. You have to consider at this party, who's going to be there? It's family. It's friends. It may even be exes. It's folks you don't know. It's a lot to take in. And on top of that, it's a big milestone birthday, so he may be drinking, there may be some partying. We don't really know the person who's going to show up. When I say the person, like you know who the person is, but you don't really know the version of him that's going to be at his birthday party. And the fact that you've never met offline before it also makes me nervous that you don't have a baseline. You don't know what this person is really like. So it's not a great way to assess whether they're a good match for you, IRL. And it's also just not a situation where it's easy for you to succeed. You know, you're potentially going into an environment where you don't know anybody and you don't know if you're going to fit in and you don't know if you're being judged by the people who are there or if they even know that you've been talking online. So I say politely decline this opportunity, but it is an opportunity. Of course, I'm always looking for the silver lining. The opportunity here is to say, I I'm not available on that day. I wish I could go, but you know what? I would love to celebrate with you another time. Now, here's the key. Write this down. You have to be really specific. And look, you're bold enough to ask a question on the Dates and Mates podcast, so I know you're bold enough to just bring this to a head. You've been talking back and forth for a long time now. You got to know what's happening. Are you friend-zoned? Were you just given an invitation because he's like, yeah, this is my big birthday party. I just want everybody to be there. I want everyone to have a good time, including this person who I met on Facebook and started chatting and texting with, but I've never met in person. Or is this really something that could blossom? But you know I don't want you in the texting trap. I don't want you texting back and forth with somebody that you've never met and you don't really know if they have relationship potential. So let's bring it to a head. Let's use this invitation and this opportunity to say, I would love to celebrate with you next week. What's your schedule like on Wednesday or Thursday? Or that's like the level one. Level two is, I would love to take you to dinner to celebrate. I would love to have drinks to celebrate. I would love to go for a walk on the pier to celebrate and then get that time, get those specifics down. If you just say, I'd love to take you out sometime to celebrate, 
then that'll just be some time. If you say specifically, what's your schedule Wednesday or Thursday? What's your schedule like next week? And hold it to a specific date and time. That's when action happens. Action has to be connected to a milestone, a moment. Otherwise, it's just an idea. It's not an action, right? So try that out. I say don't go to that party. There are a lot of factors that are outside of your control, but use this opportunity to really lean in, see if there's a relationship here that could unfold. And if not, you have a nice pen pal, but if you would like to have a deeper relationship, you might need to scale back on that communication to create space for something new. Okay, we've made it this far together, so stick with me because things are going to get a little more heated from here through the end of the show. Our next question is a voice memo from someone who wants to be referred to as cautiously open. Hi, Simona. Um, I want to start off saying that I absolutely love your podcast. You are very um, straightforward and you don't sugarcoat anything, but yeah, your delivery is um, something that I can digest. (laughs) So I have a question for you. So as a black woman, I have always found beauty in all ethnicities, but have always, you know, felt more comfortable with black men. But as of late, I've been really feeling like, you know, maybe I should expand my horizons and and be open to dating outside of my race. But the one race that kind of scares me to be in relationship with is white men. And while I've met some really, really nice white men, um, with everything that has gone on in the political arena in Charlottesville, it has really scared me to the point where I'm just like, well, what if he's okay, but his friends or his family are racist? That is what concerns me because while I'm sure he and I could build a great life together, he may have people around him who aren't really into, you know, black people. And I respect that and that's what they want. But like, how do I fully open myself up to the idea of being in a relationship with a white man, um, knowing that there's a possibility that I would be encountering racist people and I would, I just, I don't know how I would handle that. So, I mean, I, I definitely want to be in a relationship. I'm open to being with whomever um, or whatever ethnicity, but that's the one thing that scares me. Um, but yet I find that when I'm out, those are the men that kind of like look at me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, if white men are finding me attractive, I don't want to reject them for fear of um, my assumptions. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm just, how do you navigate that, especially in this, you know, climate where it's just um, not really safe for minorities to be um, in interracial relationships depending on, you know, worldviews and political views. So any insight you can provide would be awesome. Um, again, I love your podcast. Have an amazing weekend. Bye. I love that you are cautiously open. And I do love that you are cautious. I have to say, as a black woman, biracial woman, who is in an interracial relationship, I really understand that fear. And like, let, uh, let's be honest. I'll just be honest from my perspective. I just think it's it's kind of scary just to be a black woman in America today. Um, So let's just... Let's just acknowledge that in general. It's 
and I can only speak from my perspective, there is always this feeling of like, I don't know who I can really trust or I don't know who's really judging me just because of the color of my skin. And like I had a situation just last week where my husband, who's white, and I both met someone and we met them at different times in the evening. And when I met them, the person completely blew me off. And then my husband met them a little while later and they had a great long conversation and they were all buddy, buddy and chummy. Like maybe that was just because I, maybe I'd, I was not charming and I didn't say anything interesting. Or maybe that was because they just had more in common. But there is a part of me that is like, did they just write me off because of my race and they assumed that I had nothing in common? I don't know. And I don't know if you do that either cautiously open, but I will say it does work both ways. So just as you have this fear of someone potentially judging you because of their race, I think the flip side of that is can you allow space to withhold judgment of someone white because of their race? Because they may have a completely different perspective on race than it may seem from the outside. And I do understand the fear that comes with thinking, well, this person is interested, but one, what does that even mean? Are they interested in me because of my race? Is this like a fetishization situation? Wow, say that five times fast. <laughs> and two, would their family accept me? If we got into a relationship and we get down the road and then I find out he's got, you know, racist uncle that won't come to our wedding. What am I going to do with that information? And you know what? That is all information that lives in the future. Cautiously open that we cannot front load in our decision of whether or not to check a box on a dating app or swipe right on someone because there are so many unknowns here. You will be crushed by the number of possibilities and you will not explore the experience because of the what if fear. What if? What if that happened? You're, you haven't even had a first date and you're already worried that racist uncle is not going to come to your wedding? You see what I'm, see what I'm saying here? It's, it's, get, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So it is a very courageous thing for you to just open yourself up to it. And if you can kind of have that empathetic dating perspective of, I'm going to just see this person who matched with me and take them at face value. They matched. Here we are. I'm curious about them. They're curious about me. Let's go. Let's go on a date and let's see what happens. And you can defer all of those other conflicts decisions, situations for when they come up and give them the opportunity. There's a lot of learning, I think, and there's a lot of healing in dating people who are different than you and especially people of other races. But if you're curious, I feel like you owe it to yourself to step into it and just see what it is. It's funny because I wrote an article uh, about this for the Washington Post a few years ago. It went totally viral. It broke the internet. Um, I got lots of hate mail. But I also got some really thoughtful 
responses from people who said, this just opened up my perspective and my thinking. And and I've never dated outside of my race, but I don't know why. I've never really asked myself that. I've never questioned it. Maybe it was op- lack of opportunity, but maybe it was fear. And even beyond race, I got messages from people that were like, I, as someone who identifies as this sexual orientation, I guess I never had thought of dating someone of a different gender. And now I'm actually more open to that when you explain it in that way. So don't worry, girl. I'm not like trying to change your pronouns or anything. (laughs) Only if you want to. But I'm just saying, I think we can all use dating as a tool for discovery, for self-discovery, for bridging cultural gaps, for helping us with communication. And I think the only what if that you should ask is what if it works? And what if your person comes in a different packaging than you ever imagined was possible? That's what gets me excited. Those are the kind of possibilities that I like to step into. And of course, be cautiously optimistic, be cautiously open. But I think all of our lives are really helped by being open and asking that first what if question. Phew, I could I could have done a whole episode just on that one topic. You are you are out here making me do the work. <laughs> but you know, I love it. I love it and I love talking about dating. I love talking about race and culture and I love that you trusted me with this question because that is a very personal and intimate question and just know that your fears, your hopes, your dreams are all safe with me. All right, things are going to go in a different kind of intense direction. This is a voicemail that we got from a listener named Ms. M. Hi, Demona. It's Ms. M from Arizona. I'm a 43-year-old pansexual cisgender female. I spent the last eight months not dating to become very clear about what I want going forward. I listened to Dates and Mates every week and read Maisha Battles. This is supposed to be fun. Right now, I'm looking for respectful and empathetic folks with aligned values that I can go on fun dates with, as well as explore my sexuality with. Ultimately, I would love to find a shibari partner. For me, practicing shibari means getting to know someone and establishing trust. This will not happen within the first few dates. I don't want first date sex or hookups. However, I also don't want a long-term relationship. I want a lover I can continue to explore with. How do I convey this in my profile? I found that if I write I like Shabari, my matches tend to take the in-app combo to a very sexual place before meeting IRL, which makes me feel they're expecting sex right away. Thanked and released a few of these matches already. Demona, I want to practice slow love and explore my kinks and sexuality. Is this possible? Also, can you explain slow love some more? Is sex on date five within three weeks of meeting too fast? I know it's different for everyone. Thank you so much. I love dates and mates. All right. I've been clear on this show before. I am not a sex therapist or sexual health and wellness uh, intimacy expert. I've had many on the show before, including uh, Maisha Battle. But just as I know a hell of a lot about dating apps, more than the average bear, uh, I don't know everything about sexual exploration. And I have to admit, you made you sent me to the dictionary because I was like, uh, what is Shabari? <laughs> so for those who don't know that are that were leaning in going, huh? What is Shabari? Is a contemporary form of rope bondage that originated in Japan. 
So look, we all have our kinks. We all have the things that we're into. And I think most sexual exploration, now this is my take, most sexual exploration is really better with a partner that you trust. So I'm glad that you are focused on finding that. And I am not surprised at all that as soon as you mention shibari or any kind of sexual exploration on a dating app, all of the creepy creeps are going to come right out of the woodwork and try and step to you. So I'm going to kind of reverse engineer your question because I actually think that you know the answer. You mentioned slow love and slow love is the answer to most relationship dilemmas. But especially here, I think you're kind of leading with this end game that you want. So let's replace shibari with the word marriage, for example. If you have that on your dating profile and you mention it on your first date and you are with somebody that's potentially interested in marriage but sort of in the gray area, they may feel a little overwhelmed with the expectation of marriage, right? So now let's put shibari back in there. And even though that is your end goal, you would like to find someone to practice shibari with. You would like to find somebody that you can trust that now you've put this expectation out there and there may be people that would be open to it, but they're like, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what Shabari is. So am I open to it? Maybe, but it seems like it's being front loaded. It's in her dating profile. So now that's where the bar has been set. The, the bar has already been set to people who understand that, who are open to that, and who are also being motivated by sexual exploration. And that feels like, to me, you're limiting your pool before you've even gotten the people in the funnel. And if you reframe this as, I'm looking for someone that I can trust and build trust with, then the discussion around sexual exploration can unfold once you have built trust with one another. So what I mean by slow love is getting to know someone slowly over time, spacing out those interactions in the first few dates, and probably, probably not talking about sexual exploration until you're at the point where you're considering having that sexual exploration with a person. So probably not on the first date, probably not on the second date, Maybe on the third date, I do have clients that are like, okay, I'm ready to go by third date. And if that's you, have at it. I just find the longer that you take to build that foundation of trust, understanding someone's values, understanding their the way they think, understanding their goals for the future, understanding who they are as a person, where they come from and where they're headed. Those are all things that really lead to long-term relationship success and compatibility. And for you, that might be also including a sexual partner. Or for you, you might need to bring that conversation up a little earlier and then you can see who's open to it. But all of this reads with the assumption that there are a lot of people who won't be into this. And I got to tell you, 
I think there are a lot of people who will be into this and want to know that they can trust you before they can share their kinks and before they can feel safe exploring with you sexually as well. So yes, slow love is the answer. It's always the answer. And know that when you are with the right person who you trust, anything is on the table to be discussed. And truly, the sky's the limit. Whew! Y'all got me all worked up on this episode. (laughs) That was an amazing round of questions. I just want to thank everyone who took the time to send me a voice memo. It means so much to me that you've taken the time to share your questions and that you trust me with your dating and relationship advice. I do not take that responsibility lightly. So thank you for sending in your questions. Thank you all for listening every week. We're like the postal service over here. (laughs) Neither snow, nor rain, nor heat, nor gloom. (laughs) We are delivering you your dating and relationship advice every week. It is my greatest joy to serve you. If you heard something in this episode that you think might help a friend, or you just think there's a friend who would love to listen to Dates and Mates, please do us a favor, share this episode. Just just go on whatever player you're listening right now, copy the link or hit share, share to your social platforms. We can all get this empathetic dating thing going. We can all get this communication crisis stopped and we can all spread more love. We can all be love warriors out here in these dating and relationship streets. So that's a wrap on episode 465 of Dates and Mates. Our phone lines and DM lines are still open. They are always open for you. We do Dear Demona segments every episode of the show. So you can DM me your question. You can type it or leave me a voice memo like the ones you heard today at Demona Hoffman on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Give me a call. Send me a text, 424 246 6255. And just like the postman, we will be back again like clockwork next Tuesday with the host of the hilarious and delightful podcast, Dating Unsettled, Joy of Fodu. She's going to talk about how you can use Instagram to find your next match. Ooh, it's a juicy one. And ooh, I can't wait for next week. Until then, I wish you happy dating. <laughs>